0: Welcome to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. My name is Aminta Geisler, and I'm excited to spend the next few minutes with you talking about God's Word and applying it to real-life situations. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you and equip you to run the race of faith well, one practical step at a time. Because just like a weight is useless if a person doesn't pick it up and do the workout, so faith will be useless if a person doesn't do the work of putting their spiritual knowledge into action. Together, let's go beyond learning into implementing, one practical step at a time. And let's grow stronger in our faith. Today on the show, we will be doing the bonus questions from the peacemaking episode that we did last time, last time we ran out of time. And so this time my director, Annie, is going to join me and we are going to be answering some questions, just how we can be a peacemaker in difficult situations. So here we go with our bonus questions. Well, I would love to welcome to the podcast my fearless director, Annie. Annie, thanks for joining us today to ask some questions. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. All right, let's start. Let's jump right in. Question number one. All right, I got question number one here.
1: How can I encourage my spouse, friend, or child to be a peacemaker?
0: Ooh, that is a good question. And I think my, my first answer is to be an example. I think anytime that you are around people, you have an opportunity to show them how to be a peacemaker by being a peacemaker. Titus 2 verses 1 and 6 say, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. And so I think the most powerful thing you can do to encourage others is to be one yourself. I know in my own life, my husband has demonstrated this over and over, and it's worn off on me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a bigger advocate to be a peacemaker. And so being a peacemaker yourself. The other thing that's challenging about that question is I think to encourage a friend or a spouse to be a peacemaker is different than when you have a child you have an opportunity as the parent to speak into the life of a child and to teach them how to apologize, teach them how to forgive, teach them to be the first one to go and try to make peace, to teach them to be in the word and grow their faith muscles. Whereas sometimes your friends or your spouse might not want you to teach them, right? They they don't, they're not looking to get talked to by you. And so it's a different opportunity. So the best way for a peer is to be an example. But for a child, go ahead and be an example, but also be intentional.
1: Right. And we can be that example to our kids by being a peacemaker with our spouses. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Next question. In pursuing your practical steps to be to being a peacemaker, do you find yourself deliberately setting time aside to go through them in a sequential order
0: or do you approach the steps more organically as you go about the day? Well, I actually sit down and do it. Uh, for me, I find that it affects my whole day. If I'm upset about something or in conflict with someone, I have a hard time settling down. And, and so for me, it's best if I just take 20 or 30 minutes, go off by myself, get in the Word, do some journaling, do some praying. But these, it works either way. It, it will work if you go throughout your day and you need to process and you take time. My husband is a slower processor. He he needs a day to marinate and to let stuff ruminate, whereas I'm I'm just quick. I want to go through it right like that. So I do it organically. I go up to my room. I take 20 minutes, my Bible, a journal, and I do it. But however it works best, just make sure you hit all the steps. Right. I see that
1: myself. I need to be ready for it or else my feelings can take over. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> The third question, the practical steps are great, but what point is it helpful to reach out to a good friend, mentor, or counselor so that you can find peace and extend it yourself?
0: Hmm. That's, a, that's a good question, right? Where, where, where do you need help? And so for me, what I want to say first is really make sure you're putting in the hard work really make sure you're doing steps one and two, that you're in the word and that you're praying and getting filled up. You're getting out the bad stuff. You're venting out all the bad stuff to God. And then you're filling up with the good stuff, with which is his word and his spirit. And the Bible says that from the heart flows everything else. And so we have to make sure we don't circumvent or shortcut those first two steps. So if you find that you're still struggling with something, my first encouragement would be, to get on your knees and to get in the word, because those two things are are going to be the most helpful in changing your heart. Now, if you're still struggling with anger after those two things, if you still have anger, then I would say, get help. The book of James tells us that anger blocks us from being able to be an agent of peace. And so if you can't get past your hurt or your anger, then I would suggest that you seek help from a counselor or a friend, but have it be somebody that will guide you in the right direction. Somebody who's a believer, someone who believes in peacemaking. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 says that we are are to work at living at peace with everyone. And we are to watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up, corrupting us. So ideally, the person that you go to, the counselor or the friend or the mentor, will call you out and encourage you and point you towards being a peacemaker and not just let you rest in your feelings or justify what you're feeling and say, it's okay, you were wronged, you feel wronged, but somebody who will say, I hear you and I see you, but I also know what God says, and let me encourage you that by God's power, you can be an agent of peace. So I think do the hard work, but then seek help, but be careful or intentional to seek help from somebody who's gonna point you in the right direction.
1: And intentionally finding a person that you can go to 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 talk with yes. is good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's that comes back to those mm-hmm. core values of being a peacemaker, rooted in grace, empowered by God, and clothed in love. And so make sure that whoever you're seeking advice from holds those same type of right. values. Right. That's very
1: good. Number four sometimes I feel like being the peacemaker, I don't get to voice my opinion. Mm -hmm. It can feel like I'm a doormat. I try to come to a common ground, but the other side keeps wanting to be right. How can I be at peace with someone who just is tough to talk to
0: and have a voice? Mm. Okay. So I really feel like that's two questions. How can I be at peace with someone who wants to be right? And how can I have a voice? But before I address that, I want to say the person who asked that question, you're absolutely right being a peacemaker is hard and you can feel like a doormat and that is not fun. And so that's why I talked about, we need to build our strength. We need to build up our peacemaking muscles. We need to develop patient endurance and so that we can endure what it's like to be a peacemaker because it's not fun and it's not easy and we can be a doormat. But I really feel like we are called to take a role of being willing to open ourselves up to not fund positions in order f- to make peace. Um, and now, with that said, how do we be at peace with someone who wants to be right? Well, the reality is that we might not be able to be at peace. Right. If that person doesn't respond to our efforts, we might not be able to achieve it, and that's okay. We are called to be people who pursue it, but the Bible doesn't hold us accountable for how they respond. And so... If you are talking with someone who all they care about is being right, clearly they do not value peacemaking, and you might not be able to achieve it, and that's okay. We have to get to a point where we're okay with that and where we don't feel like we have to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, We do what we can, and then we leave the rest up to God. And then the last part of that question, how can I have a voice? Oh, I I hesitate to say this because it's not going to be popular, But part of being a peacemaker is being willing to surrender your voice for the sake of relational harmony. The Bible says, and I've got verses on this on my website that you can check out under the practical resources tabs, we must be willing to yield. We must be willing to be people that achieve harmony by surrendering. And so part of it is making peace with always not getting your way or not always being right or not always having a voice. However, if you find yourself in a situation where you feel like, man, I need to be assertive here, I, I need to stand up for what's right, or I need to stand up for truth, then I would just say, make sure that you do it in a way that you're manifesting the fruits of the Spirit. Be gentle, be kind, be loving, be patient with your words. Ask God to send His Spirit to help you speak the truth in love, do it kindly, and just trust that God's going to help your ca- your cause to be heard. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good advice. We
1: all need that. Um, The next question. I know each person's situation is unique, but what might healthy boundaries consist of with a repeat offender in one's life? Can you give a few examples?
0: (laughs) You know, I I wish I could give some more personal examples, but I think the tension here in in talking about conflict with somebody is I really want to be a really respectful uh, of the people in my life that I've um, had to struggle with. And so giving personal examples makes that hard, but I can give some tangible tricks or um, things that I've done to help with the people in my life that have been offensive to me or hard for me to get along with. The first one is that in the beginning, I had to limit time spent with that person. So somebody that was always hurting me or causing conflict or fight, we just set a rule and we said, okay, we're going to go there. We're going to be there an hour. And then we're going to come home. And I didn't just rest in that. I didn't just set that boundary and stay there. I spent time for over a year. It took me in the Word, studying, praying, asking God to help me become strong enough to handle this. And um, you know, after some time went by, and then it was two hours, and then it was a half a day, and now now it's different. You know that that entire dynamic has changed. But in the beginning, I had to set a time limit, and. and Not that I was trying to avoid, because we don't want to be avoiders, but peacemakers are pursuers. But I had to put some limitations until I was strong enough to handle more. Um, The second thing is that uh, in the beginning, I didn't initiate any interactions. Uh, If that person approached me, then fine, I would respond and I would respond in kindness, but I didn't initiate being around that person because I knew it would result in conflict. So I protected myself that way. Now I don't have to protect myself as much, but it's because I've done the work of growing my peacemaking muscles. And so I don't let those things get to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, we set clear expectations. And so there was a lot of um, times where we just would show up and say, hey, sorry, we, we can only be here for an hour today, but let's enjoy the hour and just go for it. And, and going in, setting the expectation helped me know I didn't have to endure it forever and it helped the, the other parties to know. And so I think being vocal and setting the expectation before you get into that situation is also helpful.
1: Yeah, being prepared. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right, I got two left. All right, I'm ready. What if
1: that difficult-to-love person knows I will forgive 70 times 7, and they take advantage of that? Do I need to keep forgiving?
0: Well, the short answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) We are called to forgive every time. The book of Matthew makes that so clear. Matthew 18, you know, Peter kind of jokes and he's like, how many times do I have to forgive him, Lord? 7? 7? And Jesus says 70 times seven. And I don't think he literally meant 490 times. Mm -hmm. I think he meant we're called to be radical forgivers and we are to extend forgiveness. And he doesn't talk about only extending forgiveness if people appreciate it or only extending forgiveness for people that are respectful or value it. He just said, extend it. And so I think, yep, it's unfortunate that people choose to take advantage of that, but... And that's where you put up
1: some boundaries probably with people that take advantage. hmm Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The last question. Who do you have to be at peace with versus
0: who can you just decide it's maybe better to walk away from? Ooh, that's a good question um, and a, a potentially big one. So I want to say this. The Bible calls us to be at peace with everyone. In Hebrews, in Romans, it tells us that we are to do whatever we can to be at peace with everyone. However, I want to say this. If you are in danger or you feel unsafe, seek wise counsel before you do anything. The instructions or the helpful tips that I've put in here are intended for difficult but not dangerous Mm -hmm. situations. And so if someone is abusive, physically or emotionally... This is not meant to address that. There are difficult situations and there are dangerous situations. And so, I mean, man, even if you're not sure, err on the side of caution. I'm not trying to encourage anyone to walk into a harmful, unsafe situation. Those we need to take a different approach to peacemaking. One that is more protected and supervised and guarded. But, um, but otherwise, yes, we are called to be at peace with everyone. So not easy, not fun. No, and that kind of is no. the theme of this podcast is, man, if you are, if we follow what the Bible says, if we are trying to live out being a peacemaker, it's going to be hard. And that's why we've got to develop those muscles and get into God's word.
1: Yeah. So thank you for giving us some helpful tips. That's <laughs>
0: my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on the show to join us. How fun to have you here. Oh, Thank you. Mint Podcasts are a production of Reckless Abandoned Ministries, an organization that is insanely focused on loving God and loving others. RAM is passionate about helping to eliminate hunger and homelessness among youth, and we invite you to join us in giving the pursuit of crazy love away to those who need it most. Information, opportunities, as well as other Reckless Abandoned event information can be found at amintageisler.com.